Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Thursday afternoon, everyone. Kapara here with the Daily Bureau Investing Podcast. Hope you had a good day today. Happy Leap Day, everyone. I read today that if your birthday is today on, on Leap Day, because I guess I don't, I'm, not, I'm not a Leap Day researcher very much. I think I read that your birthday, if it fell today, then you only have a birthday every eight years. Is it four years, eight years? Uh, anyway, if your birthday is today on Leap Day, Happy birthday to you. Uh, there's got to be a lot of folks that actually fall into this category. But anyway, here's the point uh, I want to make today. It wasn't just leap day today. We've got some major things happening here. Uh, we've had four straight months of big day today in the markets again. Uh, something in wave theory, which Tyler and I uh, have uh, focused on for a long time. We talk about it here every now and then. That, that, that happened again today. We have a sharply higher open. We have a, a, a after the uh, opening amateur hour, which is the open, the first hour trade amateur hour, the, the, the smart money hours, the final, final hour of trading. I may explain that a little bit too. It's important. You never want to buy, you just never, ever, ever want to buy a higher open. Trust me. I made them this mistake more times than I can count. But you know what? Eventually, even I can learn from mistakes. Uh, you know, when you just long enough, it, it, you start to at least learn lessons after you've made the same mistake 20 times. Uh, so as part of my job here is to try to make sure you don't make the same mistakes that I've made. One of those is buying a, high, a sharply higher open. Just don't ever do it because they, they rarely hold. But the wave theory is a pretty simple concept. And it works with, with strong primary trends, whether in a bear market or a bull market. This works both ways. I used to be a bit of a day trader. And uh, for those of you that are active trainers, uh, you, uh, you probably already know I'm going to go with this. Sharply higher opens are not to be bought there to be sold. That's what professionals do at the open. And then uh, you, you want to uh, pay attention to the smart money hour trading. And that's when you take action to add to positions, put on new positions, uh, because it's been a very effective strategy over time of buying it to close and holding to the open and then selling in the open. Uh, it's remarkable how well that's held up and it just continues to. But a lot of people don't feel comfortable holding big positions overnight if you're a trader. So Wave Theory played that again today, big open, midday lull, and then we had a really solid close again. Uh, semiconductors today finishing up 2.3%, just beast mode for this group. Again, semis lead everything uh, in bear markets and bull markets. That's been the case since the uh, advent of quantitative easing following the financial crisis 2008, 2009. And it just, it just, it, I keep thinking that, you know what, we talk about this all the time. At some point, it's going to stop working, and it just doesn't. The semis have been leading. Today, SOXL, the three-time leverage ETF, hit a new 52-week high. Of course, the semis have already hit all-time high after all-time high, uh, and now these leverage ETFs, which have these derivatives in them, which have a lot of decay, they decay, the decay value takes place very quickly in these, which is why most leverage ETFs, certainly the three-time ones, they're not really meant to be holding vehicles, but there are some really good ones that, that that's much better with. Soxel is one of those. And so today it hits a 52 week high and that's just, again, it's been a beast. Soxel was $6 a share uh, when we were pounding the table on it at the bear market lows of October 13th, 2022. It's 43 now. So what is that? You're up like 600 and something percent uh, in Soxel in, uh, in just over a year. And so, uh, again, leverage ETFs, we use them because they're very powerful. It's a great way to increase your returns uh, as long as, again, you have risk management and you understand uh, the psychology of the market. It helps to be a gambler, I must tell you. Uh, it helps to be a gambler. Uh, the, best, the best traders, best investors I've ever known are great poker players, great uh, blackjack players, 
They're, they're, they understand uh, uh, risk management, risk analysis. Uh, they understand, uh, uh, as, as Kenny Rogers say, you got to know when to hold, know when to fold them, uh, know when to walk away. And so uh, that, that's that's really a mindset of a great trader and really a great investor is to have develop a feel for the markets, but follow some very rules-based investing discipline. And um, again, the semis leading the way, that's just been a guide. It's been a, like a North Star for the markets in both directions again. But the point being today, the wave theory played out. We had a good, strong close, another good smart money hour. Again, that's been a pattern, hasn't a, a repeating pattern of strong smart money hours is another sign of a strong bull market. And we're just seeing these signs left and right. This is a textbook bull market. I should, let me correct that. This is a textbook early bull market. That's the action we're seeing now. Let's cover the markets first. We'll come back. I'm going to talk Bitcoin today, which is, again, beast mode as well. Just a remarkable uh, supply-demand story here. I, I've never seen anything like Bitcoin. I don't think anyone alive has. There's just nothing like this, especially now. Uh, with the demand coming to ETFs, very sp- nine, only 900 coins are being mined. Bitcoins are being mined a day, and demand yesterday was uh, ETFs bought these new ETFs approved by the SEC. Nine of them bought 10,000 Bitcoin. Only 900 were mined. So again, th- that this is that supply demand relationship that just makes this a remarkable story. Uh, Bitcoin is uh, right at sixty one thousand right now. It's had a big move. I think uh, sixty nine thousand certainly in, in its sights. We'll talk about that a little bit. Dell Technologies just announced earnings after the close. In case somebody might have told you, hey, hey, don't trust this market. It's just it's just about Nvidia. It's just a handful of stocks making this market go up. Well, no, it's not, and it has been for a long time. Dell Technologies today up 20% after hours. Here's another $80 billion company uh, jumping by 20% on earnings. And why did they uh, have such great earnings? AI, serve AI servers. Everyone's trying to play catch up. And all these companies, being NVIDIA, AMD, Dell Technologies, their servers, they all have their own little niche market they, they, that, they, that they, they serve. And so, uh, again, this is that that this technology build out is taking place. Um, and by the way, don't give up on Apple. Don't give up on Apple. There, there's a there's a uh, which is, you know, it's under the 200 day moving average. It's one of the major generals, of course, <laughs> a huge company, two trillion dollar company, essentially, uh, that's below the 50 day moving average. It is uh, it's 180 bucks a share. Uh, 52 Kai was 199. So it's down basically 20 bucks a share uh, in this in this amazing bull market that we're in for technology, especially. Uh, but this ma- this big general that used to be similar to tech to the semis. If, if Apple was going higher, you want to be long the market, and vice versa. That's look at this now. You've got major the the magnificent seven. You've got a number of these stocks that are not performing, but is the market going down? No, it's not going down. The market continues to go up. This is very interesting, isn't it? By the way, news coming across the tape now. Vanguard CEO Tim Buckley is retiring at year's end. I'm just going to go out of limb here and say it's got something to do with Vanguard not allowing your clients to buy Bitcoin. What a complete disaster for Vanguard. Who They managed trillions and I don't know, seven, eight, nine trillion dollars. Uh, I don't think they're as big as BlackRock, but they're maybe the largest player in managed money space. Uh, uh, but anyway, Vanguard CEO retiring uh, and they don't let clients, customers buy Bitcoin. 
these new ETFs we're talking about. A lot of firms aren't allowing this. And so, again, that's a, a, the supply-demand story. That just makes it that much sexier, does it not? I want to talk about that in a, more, in a minute, too. I, I'm bouncing around all over the place. It's been one of those days, folks. I, I barely slept last night. If you follow me on Twitter, uh, I'm, pretty much, I'm, I'm pretty much live tweeting what's happening with Bitcoin at midnight at 1 a.m. I can't sleep. I can't sleep. I've only had this happen to me a few times where I literally can't sleep. I just stare. I, I, I read a book. I watch a TV show. And then every two minutes, I'm looking at my screen again because Bitcoin has me mesmerized. And uh, look, you know, we've, we've, we've been involved with Bitcoin for a very long time. It's been very good to us. Uh, we've traded it and done very well with it. Um, and our timing's been pretty good. You know, after first buying it at 600, recommending it at 2000, selling it at 58,000 uh, in 2021, now buying it back again last May or June at 28,000. And now, of course, we're long and strong this. So we had a pretty good handle on it. Uh, I'm not an expert in Bitcoin at all, uh, but. I, again, uh, I'm a gambler. And so I understand those basics of uh, recognizing a winner, riding your winner as long as you can. And and that's exactly what's happening here, folks, with Bitcoin. Uh, but again, I'm not sleeping a lot. I'm a little discombobulated, maybe. It's a, it's a good feeling, though, because I do feel locked in. I got to tell you, uh, we've, we're about to publish our numbers. Uh, Tyler's been putting this together for all of our trades just to double check all this work going back to uh, a decade. Uh, because we've got some folks that have an interest in seeing it. I'll just say that. And um, uh, uh, <laughs> that uh, it's going to be uh, maybe some more exposure uh, for the VRA because the returns are, are, are pretty astronomical. And, you know, it's again, uh, we have a system. We stick to it. We love using ETFs and our growth stock strategy. This is what we do here. And uh, the returns have been have been very good. Not not every stock has been a winner. Some of our, our ten backers haven't done anything. Uh, but again, these growth stocks, especially small cap stocks, which have been you know destroyed now for a couple of years, they are coming back to life though. But uh, the point being, uh, Tyler's put a lot of work into this. We'll be publishing this pretty soon, and uh, 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 I, I think a lot of folks are going to see this and not believe the numbers tell the truth because the returns are are that high. And I, I'm not patting myself on the back. The point is. Uh, we try to teach people what it takes to be successful without having to do – I've been in this business 38 years – without having to do it 38 years. We want someone to be able to read our work and within a couple or three years learn how to do it. And if you don't need us at that point, congratulations. You graduated. Go go, go make your fortune, right? Um, go start your own newsletter if you want. But uh, thankfully, a, a lot of our value clients and members have stayed with us for a very long time. And uh, we, we appreciate you so much, more than you'll know. And I think we're going to have some news out about that pretty soon, too, because it's time for us to start getting back together. You know, we've done that for uh, some uh, so, some of our uh, things we've gotten involved with, like Lost Soldier Oil and Gas. We are looking at a couple of other deals that are very interesting. And uh, we also want to get back and doing events. You know, I did that with Wealth Masters, uh, with my partner, uh, rest in peace, Carl, Carl Bessie. Talk to the other guy. And uh, we built a, a, a we built a hundred million dollar company, and we did it in nine years. And uh, uh, Carl was responsible for most of that, by the way. He he ran marketing and sales. Everybody loved Carl. Carl Carl. No one ever had a bad thing to say about Carl Bessie, and he passed away a few years ago. But we do want to get back into doing events again. I can tell you right now, uh, if we do that, and we're going to, uh, it's going to be dedicated to to Carl Bessie. Uh, he was a blast, just a great friend, so much fun, and I think about the guy all the time. 
But um, look, we've got a lot going on here, and I know we're really here to talk about the market. So let, let me get back to that. Let's talk about the markets first. I've got a lot of topics to cover. I want to do it quickly, though. Uh, economic data today, the inflation data, very friendly. First of all, Dow Jones today finishing up 47 points, up one-tenth of one percent. It was negative a lot of the day, and then Salesforce came out, and the stock just started rocketing higher. Of course, Salesforce now in the Dow Jones. Dow Jones did finish up today uh, one-tenth of one percent. Uh, that was our loser on the day. Uh, next up was SPF 100, up five-tenths of one percent. NASDAQ was up nine-tenths of one percent, just beating out Russ 2000 of seven-tenths of one percent. Russ 2000 opened up one and a half percent higher. Um, and look, uh, if you follow us here, if you're certainly if you're if you're one of our, our members and clients here, then you know that we are pounding the table on small caps. Okay. Uh, love this group. They're so over they're so overdue for a major move higher. Uh, although, and again, I think a lot of people are surprised to hear this, small caps now have outperformed. The S&P 500 from uh, last October's, uh, the fourth quarter lows of last year. Uh, I think that surprises some people up like 22, 23%. Uh, so really very good returns, but it's been very kind of blotchy, you know, uh, very, very volatile, radical trades for IWM. Uh, but it's now outperforming SP 500. We think the move higher is, in small caps is real and then it continues. And I think we're going to make a lot of money in this group here. Again, small caps today up 71%. Now back above uh, to a new 52 week, one year, it's at a one year high. It's 52 week high, uh, but still 16% away from all time high. So folks, guess what? The markets are giving us a gift. That's what this is. As my mentor, Ted Parsons, like to say, bull markets don't really even start until you get to all time highs. That's what he believed. And he had a great point. And look what's happening here. We've been, I've been telling that Ted Parsons story. Rest in peace, Ted. I've been telling that Ted Parsons story here for many, many months. And uh, even though people were saying, hey, we're in a new bull market. Now, not according to Ted, we weren't. And then here came the all-time highs, right? And so now every major index except for small caps, Rose 2000, has hit an all-time high. But guess what? That's next. So the markets, the point is the markets, according to Ted, and I think he's right, the markets are giving us a gift here because small caps are going to hit all-time highs in this bull market cycle. But, of course, all the action really has been tech-related. Not much different than 1995 to 2000 melt-up. Um, again, semi today up 2.4%, just just uh, just beast mode here. Um, okay, let's talk about uh, this morning's economic data. we got the inflation data today. And, you know, look, um, whenever we have bouts of weakness, What's it always related to? It's always related to the, the Fed, and it's related to inflation. Oh, are they going to cut rates or not? Remember, we really don't want them to cut rates. We really don't. We want them to pause, want the pause to continue. When they start cutting rates is when the market starts to get hit. Now, that's the, 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 it's a muddled science, okay? I really don't think the market's going to go down when the Fed cuts rates. But the fear is if the Fed starts cutting why are they cutting? What's wrong with the economy? Do we have weakness coming up? That won't be why they cut. The reason they're going to cut is because we have broad disinflation. And we've had it for a long time. The Fed should have already been cutting. As Tyler uh, and I, uh, every, uh, we've been really preaching this for some time. The Fed should have even hiked rates the last couple of times they did it. So unfortunately for them, when they start cutting, they're probably going to have to cut more than they wanted to because they overdid it on the upside. The Fed always does this on both sides. 
Uh, but anyway, this morning's data was good. It was the core PCE deflator. Um, this is really supposed to be the Fed's preferred inflation gauge. I've heard that for a long time. Don't know if it's true or not. Uh, Jay Powell seems to think to take it pretty seriously. But the good news is, again, broad disinflation continues to build as a year-over-year uh, uh, core price index. Uh, index rose 2.8%, which met economist estimates. And that's good news, right? Because a lot of people thought this is, this could be a little bit of a hot reading. Not a, not a big, not, a, not, not, not inflationary, just a little, a little hot. And it wasn't. So this allays a lot of the fears of folks that thought inflation is making a dangerous comeback. Inflation is not making a dangerous comeback. We have broad disinflation. China's exporting their deflation. Other countries, Germany exporting their deflation. Europe exporting, broadly speaking, Europe exporting their deflation. And that's coming to our shores. Um, so uh, this is very good news, right, for the economy and certainly for the future direction of interest rates. By the way, tenure has been falling. Uh, tenure yield back down to 4.25% today. Uh, our view remains that uh, we are going much lower on rates, well below 4%. I think we'll be 3% at some point next year, uh, below 3% on the 10-year. And uh, again, that's just because the Fed overdid it on the upside. Gravity is kicking in. What would you rather buy? Would you rather buy Japanese government bonds with a 0% yield? Or would you rather buy the safety and security of the world's most powerful economy and get a 4.2% yield? You tell me. Uh, so again, that's, that's the gravity, right? That's the, the, the supply and demand feature. Everybody wants our yields. And so that, again, that, 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 that demand, it drives yields lower and that's going to continue to be the case. Uh, but the really good news from today was personal income, personal income for the month of, uh, of, uh, uh, this was what, what data was this? This is for, yeah, January data. Personal income rose 1% for the month. One per, estimates were for a half percent. So they already expected to, to be good news. Uh, and if I hear the Fed or Jay Powell say it one more time that they are worried about personal, about income uh, rising at too fast a level, I seriously want to just vomit. Uh, I, want, <laughs> I, I want to vomit because why does the Fed care that people are finally making some money, right? Able to spend some more money, put some in savings, put some in the market, in the, in the Bitcoin. The Fed should not care about that. They should care about their dual mandates, right? Being concerned about inflation and being concerned about jobs. That's all they should worry about. Uh, but again, great news here. Uh, and if you've been this a while, then you know that over the last two years, our view has been the economy is in excellent shape, even as so many said. Uh, remember, uh, a year and a half ago, I guess it was going into 2022, uh, 99.5% of economists said we're going into recession. We're, we told you then, whenever the vast majority of economists agree on something, always go the other way. Again, something Ted Parsons taught me early on. If, if the vast majority of economists believe something, they will be wrong. And it's not because these economists aren't smart. They are. It's groupthink. Groupthink. You know, this is, I think, one of the reasons that we've had the success we have here is just me and Tyler. You know, it's just us. And and we don't have to sit around a, a, a conference table with 10 other people and try to come to an understanding, an agreement that we all can sign off on, right? And that's what economists now have to do. Evercore has a group of, they have 10 economists at Evercore. And Ed Hyman is the best in the business, but 
what, 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 what do you need 10 comms for to put out a statement? You know, uh, and again, the group thing is what destroys uh, being accurate and, and certainly making money. This is why Wall Street and, and money managers fail, because, again, the group think that's involved in making investment decisions. The best returns always come when there's just a couple of people involved or really even one person involved making the calls. Uh, because again, you're, you're, you, you develop a feel for the markets and for your investments and where you want to put your money. And it, groupthink just destroys that. But again, it's great news about personal income, uh, rising. This is why we said we weren't going to have a recession. The consumer remains strong. Uh, certainly corporate earnings will remain strong. And folks, the truth is the economy is picking up steam. It's actually picking up steam. I know that sounds like blasphemy to people that hate Joe Biden. But if you read the big bribe, you know, we put a section in there that Joe Biden was probably going to have a Bill Clinton t- kind of moment. Uh, and uh, it, you, you can uh, you can call him senile and you can, you know, hate him for his uh, immigration policy and, and whatever else. Having a son that's a cokehead and uh, and they've gotten rich off, uh, uh, you know, uh, completely improper dealings. But the fact of the matter is this economy is doing very well. And uh, this is why we said we weren't going to have a recession. And the fact that now you have uh, uh, personal income rising at such a high rate and corporate earnings growing at this uh, with, a, with a strong economy, that's going to continue. Earnings are picking up speed. This is forcing stock prices higher. Um, and this is something else that, again, I think a lot of you probably know, but I'm going to just mention it here. The markets are a discounting mechanism. And that's how we that's how that's why the markets have been going up. If, if anyone's confused about exactly how the markets continue to rise at such a rapid pace, that's because the markets know what we don't. They're always smarter than us. They discount out six to 12 months. So you can really extrapolate what an economy is doing by the action in the markets. And the markets have been telling us for some time that things are fine. We don't have any issues uh, now. When the vast majority of economists, like 90 percent, start saying no recession and they're kind of there now, you start to get a little concerned because it does work both directions. We'll let you know uh, if we start to see some chinks in the armor. But so far, so good. The economy is in excellent shape. Um, Also, just a reminder, your investment system remains at 10 out of 12 screens bullish. That may be changing. We may be going to 11 to 12. These internals are really starting to pick up steam. We had 503 stocks today hit at 52 week high. That's the highest reading in some time. I believe, uh, and Tyler and I just talked about this in our in our pre-podcast meeting, I believe within the next week or so, we could be looking at 1,000 stocks a day hitting new 52 week highs. Now, when that happens, you're nearing, probably nearing some kind of a near-term top, but we're not there yet. Here's how I know that. Uh the percent of SPF 100 above the 50-day moving average is 67.6%. We were at 80-something percent as we started the year. We, we're not, we would be worried about a, a, any kind of a significant short-term peak until that reading's over 90%. It's 67%. Now, the percent above the 200-day is typically higher always, uh, but the percent of the 200-day is 76%. But again, until we get to better 90%, we're not going to be concerned about a significant short-term peak. Uh, again, we'll let you know when that changes. I will say, however, some of the cinema indicators like the fear and greed index are hitting extreme greed. Uh, that's also the case, by the way, in Bitcoin, uh, which is also trading at extreme overbought on steroids. So, you know, again, you've uh, 
this all goes into our decision making, but we'll tell you when we're concerned and when we're taking some profits or pausing or buying. That is not the case right now. Uh, that is not the case right now. But again, we love small caps here. They've been leading uh, from last October, November. And again, we think the markets are giving us a gift. Um, Let me make sure I missed. Oh, yeah, the, 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 we now, uh, the February is over. We now have confirmed four straight months of gains. A lot of you have seen this. I'm going to repeat it quickly. It's only happened 14 times since 1950, where you've had four straight months of gains. But in those 14 times that it's happened, guess what? Since 1950, the SP of 100 has been higher 100% of the time over the next year with average gains of 17.4%. A uh, hat tip there to Carson Research and Ryan Dietrich. Really do exceptional work. Good guy too. Uh, so uh, just great, great work. The analytics have continued to, to hold up and they continue to be bullish and they continue to be bullish. So again, we're looking for the next 12 months uh, to be to be very, very strong as well. Um, all right, last thing, I'm going to cover Bitcoin and then we'll... Um, yeah, let's talk about Bitcoin here. Uh, again, what what a story. Um, it's got its sights set on all-time highs. Uh, right now, I'm looking at my screen, 61,300 right now. Um, and uh, the all-time high is just over 69,000. So we're only, you know, we're less than $8,000 away from an all-time high. Uh, I think that's going to happen pretty soon. I think that that could probably that should probably happen in the next few days, just because of the demand and lack of supply. I repeat, I also believe that it's likely Bitcoin will break a hundred thousand headed into the April halving. Could be before, kind of think it will be. Uh, certainly not before, then shortly thereafter. Uh, what is that going to be? I think they're fifty six days away now, fifty seven days away. So uh, mid April, probably going to be a little sooner, may maybe the beginning of the second week of April. And um, uh, again, the, 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 the results have been uh, very crystal clear on this. In the first halving, uh, within a year, Bitcoin was up 79 times. You made 79 times your money. And the second halving uh, was 20, uh, 20 uh, well, they're every four years. So it's got to be 20, uh, yeah, 2016. Second halving, 2016. Uh, 18 months later, Bitcoin was up 29 times, between 29 times your money. And the last halving was in 2020. In 18 months, Bitcoin went up 700%, made seven times your money. So, you know, this time it's being front ran, right? Everyone's Everyone knows what happened in the past. Obviously, the biggie is the SEC approved this earlier this year. Hard to believe that just happened in January, isn't it? SEC approved uh, these Bitcoin ETS, nine of them. And, um, and now, of course, they're buying hand over fist. It's just stunning. Again, I got to repeat this because it, it's important. There may not be a more – besides the fact that there will never be more than 21 million Bitcoin printed and the fact now the SEC has approved it as an asset, it is a currency, whether you want to call it that or not. It's now the 14th largest currency in the world to surpass the Russian ruble. Excuse me. Keep climbing that ladder. Uh, I can tell you that much. But uh, like yesterday, I, I don't have the readings from today. We'll have those soon. Yesterday – uh, 900 Bitcoin were mined, right? It's not easy to mine these things. Only 900 Bitcoin were mined yesterday. It's about to be twice as expensive, twice as difficult to mine. Again, that's what the halving does. Guess how many Bitcoin ETFs were purchased yesterday by these nine, uh, excuse me, 
yeah, the Bitcoin ETFs purchased by these nine different ETFs. 10,050. Wow, right? So that's what's happening here. Again, it's the best supply-demand story on the planet, and that's been our, our case for a long time. Uh, and I think what people all really – this is the – for me, this is – and this is what makes me passionate about this uh, because this is the little guy, right? When do we get an opportunity that the big guys don't have? The only way to really do it, frankly, is to have inside information. <laughs> if you get inside information and you act on it, you're acting on something that somebody else doesn't have, and that's not legal. Guess what? This is legal. What we know is we know the story of Bitcoin, pretty well defined. We can buy as much as we want, you and I, individuals. Guess who can't buy it? Vanguard. Like I said, the CEO's retiring. I think that's probably a reason why. Why didn't Vanguard why, – why don't they have an ETF? Why doesn't Vanguard have an, a Bitcoin ETF? I, 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 again, I'm just working on a hunch here, but I have to think that's got something to do with it because these are all the rage, raising tons of money. As of yesterday, uh, what was the total? $18 billion had already been purchased in 32 days uh, inside of these uh, uh, Bitcoin ETFs. But folks, the big guys haven't shown up yet. This gives, why haven't they? They can't buy it. They have not been approved. They've not been approved. Their firms haven't blessed it yet. Uh, or in, in most cases, like 80% of stockbrokers, investment advisors, and their brokerage firms cannot purchase Bitcoin. It has not gone through compliance yet. They've got to get all this approved to get the restri restrictions lifted. So you know financial advisors are going crazy. I saw Morgan Stanley just finally approved it yesterday. But again, it takes time to put these things in place. So this gives us, a little guy, a very rare and an incredibly enormous advantage. Because guess what? They are coming. The big guys are coming. They're going to be here. And talk about an extraordinary setup. Where is Bitcoin going to be when Vanguard's buying it every day? Where is Bitcoin going to be when every brokerage firm allows their financial advisors to buy it? When every brokerage firm can buy it? There is no story like it, folks. And um, I have a date uh, for the uh, uh, when it hits one million. Uh, my date is May of 2030. Uh, that's my date. I published it on Twitter. Uh, now X. And so, um, there you go. I think uh, 2030, May of 2030 is when Bitcoin tops a million. I'll probably be late in that. And I wouldn't be surprised if it happens a lot sooner. I wouldn't be surprised to see it happen in 2028. So just do the math at the returns there. Find an ETF you like. We like the ARK, Kathy Woods uh, Bitcoin ETF, ARKB is a symbol. Uh, and by the way, in our parabolic options program, we're also long. Uh, a, a different a different set of op call options on Bitcoin. But uh, we're long there as well. It's been a very profitable trade. We're going to continue doing that. And we're launching our next parabolic options program, V number 19. We're launching it here next month, I think in the first two weeks, of uh, with two weeks from now. We're launching number 19. So if you like to trade options, we're not, we're not, we're not day traders. We don't do it really aggressively. Uh, we're, we, we, we only actually have put on a few trades a month, but they're our highest probability trades. And so if every month we can book gains of a couple 300%, which is kind of what we want to do from a net point of view, uh, then maybe it's for you. But right now we are along Bitcoin ETS has been, been very good to us. We're going to continue to roll those calls into uh, future months. Uh, of, of Bitcoin options. 
Uh, that's leverage on top of leverage, folks. This is this is really how again the little guy has these advantages. The big guys just can't even participate in yet. So, look if you hate Bitcoin, don't understand it, you think it's a scam, you're scared of it, whatever. Just do yourself a favor, do this in your brokerage account. Buy a few shares of ARKB. Okay, uh, ARKB again, Kathy Woods Bitcoin ETF. Right now, ARKB is trading at $61, just over $61 a share. You multiply times a thousand, that gives you the price of Bitcoin. Okay, which is right now 61.42, Bitcoin 61.4 right now. So it, it's a very, very close relationship. And so just buy a few shares of ARKB because when your wallet's in it, your heart's in it. You buy a few shares, you'll become more interested, you'll start doing your homework. And I think I think most folks listening here uh, probably already own it. But if you don't, um, don't 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 dawdle, okay? Uh, because this is going to be a, it's going to be a freight train, uh, unless unless something bizarre happens. Um, and I think the bizarreness of Bitcoin is actually behind us now. This is now a real asset. It's now it actually is a real currency, and it's going to continue to climb that ladder of being one of the largest currencies on the planet. See how long it takes to surpass the U.S. dollar. Um, okay, let's look at the internals today. Again, a good internals today. I, I mentioned earlier how. Um, let me do a quick refresh here. Yeah, I mentioned earlier, five hundred and three stocks uh, hit a new. Five foot five hundred nineteen stocks hit a new fifty two kai today. Uh, and that's the highest reading in some time. We only had 103 hit a new 52 week low. Good readings there. Advanced decline uh, was positive by two to one for NYC. Also NASDAQ positive by two to one. Very good reading there. Volume today, 66% positive volume uh, in uh, NYC, 61% NASDAQ. Again, uh, uh, these are fine readings. Uh, I think they'll only continue to strengthen because the market's broadening. Again, that's a key point here. The market is broadening, and again, this is textbook early bull market action. And our sector watch here, also a good, uh, good report here today. Eight of 11 sectors finished higher, uh, led to the upside by com communication service of 1.1%. Tech also up 1.1%. Again, good day there. The downside, not a whole lot to talk about. Healthcare down 71%, and who cares? Because I don't, I don't, buy, these, I don't buy these stocks. Uh, too many have affiliation with these poison jabs. And we avoid these like the plague. Um, nothing we won't moving forward. Find a great opportunity. Something life changing. But uh, again, I think there's a pox on this group, and I think it should be there for a long time. These these uh, executives should be locked up for a very long time for unleashing this poison on the world. Um, Trump's Trump's death jab is what that is, and that's just a reality. He's a proud father of the jab. Sorry, but it's just the way it is. And he still hadn't apologized for it. These things are on the children's immunization schedule, folks. And he still won't raise his voice. How many people, everybody listens to Trump. If you were to come out and say, you know what, folks, I made a mistake here. Or I got had. You know, they snowed me, right? How many lives could this man save? And how many vax injuries could this one man help prevent as the proud father of the jab? If he just came out and said, look, the data is becoming very clear now. We have way too many people dying uh, dying, dying suddenly. And now the, as on the children's immunization schedule, folks, that means parents that don't know any better. And let's face it, most parents don't. And they listen to their doctors. These ki kids are getting, what, 67 uh, immunizations, right? Those are dangerous enough. But now they're getting this one because it's on the children's immunization schedule. 
how many lives are going to be destroyed from this poison uh, vax? Uh, it's just uh, it infuriates me. I haven't talked about it in a very long time, uh, but I again I follow a lot of people. Uh, you know, if you if you like Kroger enthusiasm, Richard Lewis just died of a heart attack. Again, you you can't say one person. Oh, you know, what, you know but what if, right? Because you never know. But folks, after you see these every day, uh, people dying suddenly, young young people dying suddenly, these terrible cancers, all of this stuff that's happening. I think you have to be either deaf, dumb, and blind not to see this, or it's willful willful ignorance, willful ignorance. It's one of the two. Uh, and, and Trump should absolutely – I can't vote for the man uh, because I'm, this is – for me, this is a matter of principle uh, until he comes out and disavows these poison jabs and says they should be removed from the children's – they're our children for Christ's sake. Babies, six months old to 18, are taking these every year on the schedule. In some states, multiple times a year, right? I think if it doesn't infuriate you, I think you got to look – I think you got to look in the mirror. I think you got I think you got to look in the mirror. I really do. And everybody that I know is infuriated about it. But very few people have the the balls to to speak up about it. You know, and I think that's the travesty right there. You know, the, frankly, after 9-11, when people let that go, right, a hundred provable lies about the official story. That told me right there, okay, this we have a lot of sheep. And the sheep are just trying to get by. It's not that I don't understand it. Look. I I don't even want to get in this topic anymore, okay? Uh, but um, it, it really is depressing. But it, more than anything, for me, it's infuriating. And this country is too great. You have too great of a country not to speak up. Too great of a country not to address these issues. I don't care who it is, Trump, or it wouldn't matter who it is, right? I would be raising my voice. I encourage everybody to speak up. That's the only way change is going to happen. And we at least, even if they're not being removed from the children's immunization schedule, at least if we speak up enough, maybe parents think about this. If just if we can all save one life, I think that's a that's that's a life well lived, you know. But we got to speak up to make that happen. And so we all have a platform. All have a voice in many different ways through your church and your community. If you're active in your community, certainly through your family, and if you're on social media, speak up. Speak up. Let the world know this this insanity must end. It must end. It must end now. Um, adults can do what they want to, but children are taking these things. Um, all right, what else today? Bitcoin. I've already given you the price. We cover that uh, ad nauseum. Uh, I will tell you, last trade here, 61300 and it's going a lot higher. All right, folks. Uh, hope you had a great day. Always appreciate you listen. Have a great night. We'll see you back here again tomorrow after the close.